Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Broadcasting from the Leadership Academy Studios, aka my new basement. Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur. This is the go to plan for you, for coaches, authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds to start, grow, and profit a business that you love. I'm your host, Matt Browning, and today we are back with uh, one of our Driven to Courage brand new book authors. You've probably been hearing this. I know you're like, Matt, you guys got a book. I get it. This book is changing lives. We just came off of, just recently, we came off of the book launch live event in California, which was so much fun. And this author was speaking at our live event, giving a TED-style talk all about how to take back control of your day and take back control of your life with a self-care reboot. Um, She's absolutely incredible. She's lived firsthand through you know, anxiety, depression, um, and two of her four children uh, working through with them. She's passionate about helping others navigate difficult things like this. She's also been a CrossFit trainer, Spanish teacher, real estate agent, and a nanny to the rich and famous. And yet she's also trained organizations like Marriott Ritz-Carlton and Keller Williams, to name a few. She is the self-care reboot specialist. Carrie Anderson's on the show today. Carrie, how are you, my friend? I'm so, so good. I'm so excited to be sitting here chatting with you. I know. We've been going for a few minutes here, just like catching up and talking about the event. And your talk was so much fun and it was so eye-opening. That's what I kept thinking about as I'm watching you talk. It was eye-opening as I looked at my own life, my daily schedules and everything. Tell me a bit about this this idea. I guess I want to jump right in with you about a self-care reboot. When I think about self-care, I think about bubble baths and you know wine or candles or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, my wife, take care of me, me time, but you're talking about something very, very different. Yes. Yes. So, and I think the way you think about self-care is the way so many people, that's the way way it gets portrayed in shows and other podcasts and, and media and, and Pinterest, um, for sure. Bubble baths, manicures, things like that. Right. But I want to go a little bit deeper because this self-care, this self-care piece is what creates self-love, self-compassion, which is the foundation for launching off and making your life better. So really starting to look at what are your habits? What are the habits? What are the things that you are engaging in daily that are creating who you are? The things that you are doing on a regular basis create how you show up in each situation as a parent, as a coworker, as a business owner. Um, All those spaces, you show up based on what you've put into yourself and so if your life is just made up of watching TV at night, eating the whatever you want, not putting effort into what you really want to be, then it's going to be so lackluster compared to what you could be showing up as. So the kind of person who is going to relate to this, and I relate to everything you're talking about, what are some signs? This, Yeah, this might be a good place to go. What are some signs that... I can see or look for in my life that tell me that I haven't been focusing, you know, cause I, I you know, life's busy and there's, you know, kids and there's work yeah. and there's all the things we need to do, but what Good are question. some things that might show up that I should be watching out for? 
So if you get to the end of the day and you wonder where the day went, you feel like you had zero control over the things that happened in your day. Maybe you had a random list. There are four or five things that you wanted to get done in a day and you realize at the end of the day, you've gotten done none of them. You're wearing the clothes that were at the end of the bed from the day before. You feel drained, tired. That Wait, is somebody you, who is not living an intentional day. Did you just say you're wearing the clothes that were at the end of the bed? Yes. Were you at my house last night? <laughs> this has <laughs> happened at my house, so yeah. I know. And I, if people say they oh don't my do gosh. it, they're lying. <laughs> it's just so much easier. I'm like, you know, these jeans right. were barely worn. Barely worn. I lay these them at the edge pants, of the... <laughs> they are not all the way stretched out yet. There's a little life left. That, that's really interesting, though. So you get to the end of the day, and you feel like, where did the day go? Um, right. And if you're feeling like that, then there's a good chance that you're not living, quote unquote, intentionally. What exactly? What would you say in your experience causes us to not live intentionally? Because I think if I asked somebody on the street, hey, you know, you know, do you live an intentional life or, you know, whatever, they probably think they are maybe. What do you think is causing people to not live intentional, whether they know it or not? I think it has to do with awareness. I think that people are not living very intentionally until they've been woken up and realize I am not in a space that I chose. And, and I found myself there after going through all the things to start my real estate career, listening to what everybody told me to do, doing all the things, and then realizing I don't like my life. How old are I'm, you at this point when you're jumping into your real estate career? Um, I jumped in um, kind of early 40s. 43-ish. Okay. So that's what I'm getting. So you've lived a life. You've been a yes. mom. You've been doing your thing. And now yes. it's time for your career and you jump into real estate and do everything mm -hmm. people told you to do. Tell me yes. more. Tell me the story. So, so that's, so what you just said there is kind of key. I was doing all the things that people told me to do. I was following the checklist that people told me to do. Okay. Here's what you need to do. You need to be here at nine. You need to get on the phone. You need to follow these scripts. You need to overcome these objections. You need to show up at these meetings. You need to take this training. You need to be like this with your clients. You need to take charge. So I was doing all of those things. And the more I was listening to people tell me what to do, the less I was doing things that I loved to do. You said that you read in my bio that I was a CrossFit instructor. So everything that I have loved to do in my life, I have usually flipped it around and become a teacher of that thing. So I loved CrossFit. I loved working out. I got into CrossFit. Then I wanted to be a coach. I was coaching CrossFit. Then life got so busy as a real estate agent, I didn't have time for that. All I had time to do was work with people who didn't appreciate me. And I just kept showing up. Wow. So I, I, I don't want to float past that <laughs> statement for a second here. All I had time to do was work with people who didn't appreciate me. Man, exactly. I've had some days and weeks that feel just like that. Um, huh. And then you also, you were a Spanish teacher. So is that the same kind of deal where you're just like, you know, did you fall in love with the culture or the language or the people? Like, tell me about how, how that happened. So we got to live in Costa Rica for three years. Awesome. So for three years, I lived a dream life that I loved. Um, and I learned Spanish. So my kids were small. Um, my oldest, by the time we left, was junior high. And my youngest was a four-year-old and we moved back to the States and I kept doing the stay at home mom thing for a little bit longer. And then once all my kids were in school and I started looking for what I was going to do at that point, I had started working with a company that trained hospitality companies. And that's where I started working with Marriott, Ritz Carlton, traveling to their properties, 
training their customer service people, and I could do all of that from home. But once my kids were in school, then I had the opportunity to start teaching at the charter school. And it was super fun because I, you know, how easy is it to teach elementary school people or elementary school kids, you know, the words for food and the words for their body parts and how to come and go and Right, you Plain, did. Trained. Yeah, even after three years in Costa Rica, you did way better Spanish than the than first <laughs> graders, I guess. <laughs> so it was very fun. I loved it. And then, but once I'd done that for enough time, I was like, "Hey, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else." And so that's when I I did what every other, like many many other housewives do, is get their real estate license. Also, my dad had been in real estate, and so it seemed like kind of a logical thing to go try and do. And for a bit, it was fine. And it was fun. So it seemed logical. It was like, this is a good step. It's it's a good yeah. career you can jump into without yeah. having the experience. And you can ramp up fast and all the reasons. Yeah. When At what point did you start to realize in this whole idea of taking back control of your life, rebooting your own self-care? Is this partway into the real estate business? Yes. Tell me the story so of where I, this came about. Okay. So I had been in real estate for a few years now. I also started coaching because I really loved the connection with other agents. And as I had learned things, it was kind of a natural progression to start coaching and training other agents as I was on a team and helped them get going in their career. And I loved that piece of it. And I loved the training. I loved learning and, and helping them start to use their skills to, to um, be an agent. And I was in that for a while. And then things were just starting to spin out of my control. Clients, the people I was working with, and I just found myself getting less and less satisfied with what I was doing. Plus, I was also kind of messing things up at home. The life of a real estate agent, you become at the beck and call of your clients. It's not eight to five, is it? It is not. I did real estate for a long time, no. all through my 20s, and it's anything but eight to five. For sure. Well, when I think about it's it, eight to five for the escrow companies and the title and the lenders and everyone else. And then you start working for the clients evenings and weekends. Right. And when I picture myself in real estate, sometimes I see myself in my office. Most of the time I see myself sitting on my front couch at 10 PM, starting to write an offer and right. receiving texts and then people getting mad. And all of a sudden I was working with the public who were not my people. And found out that I realized a piece of myself, which was that I was a very empathetic, connective person. And that was all fine and good with my family and friends. And that had been my world. And now all of a sudden I was working with public people who I didn't really know or have a relationship with. I just was their agent. And it started to feel really, really yucky, really yucky. Mm. I started not sleeping well. Well, that that's kind of the story of most agents' lives. Um, Super connected to my phone all the time, not not able to make my family a priority like they had always been, and yeah. Was there a moment when, like, maybe you would sit on the couch one night or something like that? Was there a moment when it just kind of came to a head or it just hit you between the eyes where you said, "Okay, this is not the life I signed up for, and yep. it has to change." Tell me about that. Yep. So I was working with a particularly difficult client who was also in a difficult scenario with the other side of the transaction. And every time I would hear my phone buzz, my stomach dropped. I didn't want to answer it. I knew it was going to be yucky. And there was, um, and as yucky, like someone's mad at you or yucky is nothing's working out or 
It just All felt it. awful. It just felt awful. You know, like when you're having an issue with somebody you love and you just, all of the interactions feel awful. It's just, just not how it's You're just living in adrenaline. You're living in, it's like a fight yes. or flight scenario. And getting beaten up. Yeah. And when I got a text that said, I need this to happen. And I came back with why I wasn't sure that would work, but I would do my best. And the response I got was make it happen. I wasn't sure how I was going to make that happen in the scenario I knew that we were in. So I did the best I could to get myself through that. At a similar time frame, I was also working with a client who was angry that I had not managed a situation throughout the night. And I was explaining to this person that even yeah, though I'm not I'm an the agent, president of the United States, <laughs> you are my priority, but I do have to sleep. So from 11 to six, I sleep and I'm not negotiating contracts. So all of this was sort of coming to a head and I was wow. realizing... And I think the biggest piece of it was I actually had gotten to take a trip to Thailand and I was gone for about a little over two weeks. And when I got back, a couple things fell apart, including my husband telling me kind of some of the stuff that was going on with my kids that I was missing out on. And that was made it was what made it all feel awful. So I'm doing all of this, I think for us so that we can take more trips, do more fun things. And I'm actually messing it all up. So it and starts is, is the, it's like, here's a dream, right? I have more free time. My kids are getting older. I'll get a second career. I'm going to enjoy myself. We'll make a bunch mm -hmm. of money, have vacations. Yep. And instead, it's actually slowly sucking the life out of you. 100%. That's yes. the way I heard it. And I just wanted to say that because I think, again, people are going to relate to this, Carrie. Like you, you're definitely not the only one. That's why I love the fact that you're sharing your story on shows like this and everywhere you are in the stages, you know, you were just on and, um, man. So if you find yourself there, what is the first step? What do you do when you just wake up, you know, you're in the bathtub at midnight going, what the hell happened to my life? What the, what yes. is the first step? What do I do to start taking control back again? Cause there's so, things to untangle obviously, but there's also gotta be a moment yes. when you say I'm done. Yes. Is that fair? And there was that moment. I think I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I had picked up one consecutively, two different books that spoke to me. And I was able to hear the words in those books that said, if you're, if you are not living a life you love, then it is wrong. And that's, we are not meant to be unhappy. And even though people say life is hard, I don't believe that life, I don't anymore believe that life is meant to be hard. I think that life can be very, very enjoyable and my eyes were opening to how unhappy I was and that I was at a place where I could still choose again and pick something different, that I was not stuck here. Fortunately, I was not, I thought I was stuck, but I wasn't stuck. Once I sat with really the reality of what I was living and what I was messing up, I had to choose differently. So I did quit. I told the people that needed to know that I wouldn't be back and within two days, I ran into people who said, oh my gosh, you look 10 years younger. Wow. And a hundred years happier. And it was true. Like literally my whole like persona changed. And over the course of a couple months, as I started doing the things that I teach people to do now, all of a sudden people could tell they're like, oh my gosh, like the light is back in your eyes. You look like yourself again. I can tell that the lightness I'm seeing is 
shows that you are loving what you are doing and what you're, and I didn't know what I was doing at that point. I just knew that I was starting to look inside for clues to what I was supposed to do. Sure. So what are some of the secrets to, I guess, navigate that, to be able to, to reboot, you recognize it, you want to change it, you stop. I know you teach a ton on this. So kind of walk me okay. through a bit of, if I find myself in a situation, what are some things I need to know? What are some secrets? So the biggest one to me is to start quieting your environment. And people will often say, I can't meditate because I don't know how to quiet my mind. But what I encourage people to do is just quiet your environment. So if that means go to your car and sit in your car with the radio off and your ringer off, allow yourself this white space, allow yourself an opportunity to start reconnecting with yourself, with your own spirit. So I like to kind of lump this into this space of learning how to get back into alignment. So what I realized once I could look backwards was that I was completely out of alignment and out of integrity with who I was. I was doing things and holding myself to standards that were absolutely not who I truly was in my heart, in my soul, in my personality. So live, starting to figure out what are the pieces I need to find moments in my day. And so for me, it started with just moments, moments of my day where everything felt just right getting into that present space. So I'm a huge proponent and teacher of meditation. And that can look so many different ways. And I would be happy to, you know, continue that conversation with whoever wants to know. But yes, I mean, and you can look at meditation, but that space of that helps you start to listen to yourself and start to pay attention to what your body is telling you. My body was telling me I wasn't getting enough sleep. My body was telling me I was way too stressed. My body was telling me that I had to stop because things were not good. So meditation, alignment, meditation helped me find alignment. And then in that alignment, I could start making choices that felt like they were more in integrity with who I wanted to be. And just hearing you talk about going from stress to meditation and calming down, I, it sounds stressful when you're talking about just the old story. I can hear it in, in your voice. Um, that's really cool, Carrie. So it's not as much quiet my mind, but quiet the environment. That's huge. And I think yes. you're right. You know, I, I think about, oh, I'm, my, my thoughts and my emotions and my this, and my that, right. but I'm not paying attention to what are some examples of like the quieting the environment? Is it that the dishes are talking to me? Is it that I'm scrolling on my phone? Is it that I have the wrong kind of lighting, like it's, feng shui my house, like break so down some of the major the top few environmental things that I might not be noticing that I should focus on quieting. So one of the things is that we default so often, if you start to pay attention, how much of your day do you default to your phone, social media, emails, messages, things that are coming into that device that you have in your hand or your pocket. So we're either connected to something that we're doing. So right now I'm here with you. 100% of my attention is here focused on you. As soon as I finish, I'm going to go out and one of 50 things could take my attention. Fixing dinner, what messages came in while I was here, a million things, the yoga class I have to teach tonight. Okay. But this I is all need... input from your environment that's going to come yes. to you, whether you're yes. aware of it before or not. Right. So until you are aware and intentional 
a million pieces. I don't know what the scientific number is. You hear all the different ones. Million, billion pieces of information are coming into our brains all the time, every minute, every 10 minutes, whatever. So we have to intentionally, that's just the environment we live in. Like That's just the default. So we have to take control of that. I need to go into my bedroom, keep my ringer off, close my eyes, shut my door, and just take 10 minutes to reboot, to recenter. Yes. And then choose again. What am I going to choose next? And that's one of the things that happens when people let their whole day go is that they are just waking up, they pick up their phone, they check their email, they see what messages showed up over the night, what new thing happened on Facebook or Instagram that I missed. They take that in and then they yeah, just first thing, go be about their day. Before they even pee, they're right? checking social media. It's like nuts. All the things. And that is right there, the first step to letting the world manage your day. Because from then on, if you don't change, if you don't do anything about it, you are just reacting to everything that shows up in your environment. Every that's single a really step good, of the day. Wow, that's a really good way to put that too. If you're letting the world manage your day. Oh my gosh. Like I just felt sick in my, in my stomach when you said that. I'm like, yeah. Because here's like, right? I'm loving this, Carrie. What I'm getting to is, it's like, would you agree that like every behavior or action or reaction we're having, but basically every engagement with our environment it's either me managing my day and going to bringing myself to something or letting the world manage my day because I'm letting it in. That yes. sounds, oh, like it's kind of scary, you know? 100%. And that's why I think that most people walking around are letting that happen unless they have intentionally decided that's not how I run my life or my days and my days make up my life. That's really good. You know what I'm going to do when we hang this up and finish? First thing. I'm going to go into my cell phone and disable alerts. Like I do it for most social media, but I still have it for certain things. I'm going to disable the alerts for all that stuff. Because that's one of the things I wake up in the morning. I'm like, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm going to read 10 minutes, blah, you know, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But then I go and look at my phone and there's this little alert and there's this little yeah. hit in my brain that says, what is it? What is it? Who left what me a message? Dopamine. I feel, oh, I'm going to feel so good. It's like, yes. ooh, the food card from, you know, whatever restaurant just said I have a free 10% coupon. Oh, like what? Yes. Who cares? Oh, my gosh. All right, Carrie, you've created – this is such a great conversation. We could go on self-caring for hours, but we should probably both go and self-care ourselves. Uh, you have a uh, – you've created a self-care re reboot. You have like a system. You have a whole thing. Could you yes. – and I think you you said in the beginning, you actually got like a gift you can give to any listener. So pay attention, guys, because yes. if you're ready for self-care, this is your first step, the self-care okay. reboot. Tell us about that. Okay. So the self-care reboot is simply a worksheet that you can go in and start looking at what are you doing for mind, body, spirit, and emotions that are filling those things up. What are you doing to create a mindset that makes you intentional in your life? What are you doing that makes your body feel good so that you go out into your life or start your day in a way that you are in control of your body? What are you doing of a spiritual nature that has you in control of your day? So you can go through this worksheet and figure those out. The reason I feel like these are so important and this is the first step to managing your life is because I feel super strongly about setting boundaries and boundaries 
are this separation between ourselves and the world, even our family and friends and coworkers. And if we don't value ourselves enough to say, I am more important than the things you have to say to me or that you are asking of me, if I have not built that up through a self-care practice, then I am going to have the worst boundaries in the world. And I'm going to say yes to everything. I'm going to let everybody walk all over and take anything they want from me emotionally, physically, energetically, spiritually, because I don't know how to say no. So the self-care reboot gets you in a space of creating this self-love, this self-worth piece so that I matter. What I want to do with my day matters. The way I'm going to react to people matters. I don't have to consider and, and one of the things that can, can be tricky on this is people will feel like, well, that sounds awfully selfish. That sounds <laughs> awfully narcissistic. Good. But nobody else is watching out for me. No one else is watching out for what I have to offer more than me. And so I can still be kind. I can still be compassionate. I can still be generous. And yet come from a place where my... Everything about me matters and I'm paying attention to that. And I'm pausing and thinking about what my response is before I react to the world. That's really good. And then, so this self-care reboot, I think I missed it. Where, where can we get that from? Carrie, K, so K-A-R-I, Anderson.com slash gift. Carrie, K-Anderson.com slash gift. That's Carrie, K-A-R-I, Carrie, K-Anderson.com slash gift. We'll have that in the show notes if you listen on demand. If you listen to this live in the car, hey, uh, pull over as soon as you can. Be careful. Take care of yourself so you can get the self-care reboot from my friend Carrie Anderson. This is awesome, Carrie. I thank you for that uh, gift to the listeners. You're incredible. And this is, it's high time. You know, if there was ever a time right now in our lives and society when it really is time for that. We've had more time away from work and home. And yet I think we were probably lowest on self-care individually and as a society in a very long time. So I'm with you. It's time to reboot our self-care and kick into high gear. Carrie Anderson, thank you so much for being here. You are absolutely outstanding. You Thanks rock. For having me, Matt. Appreciate for sure. It. Hey guys, if you want to follow Carrie too, she's doing some really great stuff. She resides out in Utah, but you can find her on Instagram at Carrie K dot Anderson and on Facebook, or maybe this is Instagram too. my mind and body collective. That's mm -hmm. your yoga studio. Is that right, Carrie? Yes. Yes. Perfect. My mind and body collective, fabulous studio. It's not just yoga. It's like mindfulness and meditation, like all sorts of cool stuff. And if you're local in Utah, you got to go check it out. Uh, Carrie Anderson, everybody. Hey, that's me. That's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, don't just leave right now and go about your day. What are you going to do? It's one thing you can do right now or in the next few minutes to stop, to reboot, to make a change. Listen to what Carrie's been sharing. Don't have the same story. And if you do, it's never too late to make a change. Hey, get out there this weekend, stay driven, and stay mindful. Yeah, that's a new one for this week. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Driven Entrepreneur. Bye-bye.